Welcome to Emerging, the official podcast of the Trout Unlimited and Costa Five Rivers program, brought to you by Sims Fishing Products. Emerging is about enabling the young angling community to drive progress in the fly fishing industry and the conservation of the places we love to fish. My name is Joseph Burney, and I'll be your host along with Andrew Lafredo. For this episode, we got a chance to talk with Ben Sittig, also known as the Huge Fly Fisherman, about his origins, managing a large social media following, some conservation, and how to be huge. Hope you enjoy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast to episode 15 of Emerging. So... I don't want to say it was bound to happen eventually, but we had some pretty serious technical difficulties with the first couple minutes of this episode, and we're always trying to bring the best quality of podcast to you guys, but tech difficulties happen, and we're going to try to work through them because we really wanted to get this episode out to you guys. Ben is awesome. We loved having him on the podcast, and he has some really great insights and things to say about conservation and how he got into the space. So we really want y'all to hear that. So what we're going to do, we're just going to skip right up to the part where the sound is good and is working again. And we really hope that you enjoy this episode and can forgive us for this little hiccup in our sound. So we're going to get right into it. If you have any questions about anything that's going on with the podcast, have any suggestions for what we should do next season, please let us know. Give us an email or DM us on Instagram, but we're going to get right into it. Thanks, guys. Not Winter Park specifically, but kind of out in the county. So did you did you grow up in Colorado or where are, no. you, where are you from? I'm from the East Coast. I grew up in Maryland. And then uh, I came, I went to college at, in Fort Collins at Colorado State when I was 18. That was in uh, 1997. And I've been in Colorado ever since. I, I, after that, I, I graduated in 2002, took me five years, and then uh, pretty much just moved a little bit west after that. And I've been around here ever since. I've been here about 20 something years now. Yeah, I think there are not a lot of people who go out West and move back to the East coast. (laughs) Why would you? (laughs) I know. I, I, I just came out there to visit Andrew for a little bit and I didn't want to leave. It was just like a Thursday to Tuesday situation. I'm sitting in the airport. I'm like, man, like other than the fact that my dog is back in Athens, I just don't want to, don't want to leave at all. Yeah. Yeah. And the West is a big place and there's a lot of places to go. And yeah, Colorado's super crowded. Everybody knows about that, but I don't mind it. I mean, I could still get away from people if I want to. So I don't, I don't think moving them, you know, anywhere else would necessarily be any better. There's a lot of good and bad things about Colorado, but I think it all evens out. I like where I am. If I move somewhere else, it's going to be like, the beach, you know, yeah, not, not, not somewhere else in the mountains. So I'm not going to hate on the, the fishing opportunities on the East coast because that's what I know and grew up with. So is that where you kind of started getting into fishing and fly fishing or was it not until you moved out to Fort Collins? No, it was definitely 
riding my bike down to the river and stuff when I was a kid. And I mean, I don't think anybody should hate on the East coast fishing. There's a lot more variety than there is out yeah. here. You know, um, if I, if I want to catch a small mouth, it's not going to be real easy for me to do around here. Um, so yeah, I started stomping around in creeks, catching small mouth and bluegill and large mouth and stuff like that. And then, uh, I, I was 13 when I started fly fishing and then probably by the time I was 16, I was trout fishing. Awesome. So you started, did you start on a Tenkara pole by the no. pond? Or? No, no, I was fly fishing. So. <laughs> Yo, Tenkara's cool, bro. <laughs> well, yeah, it's cool as long as you don't call it fly fishing. <laughs> it's cane pole fishing with flies. Yeah. No, I think my, uh, literally the first fish that I caught were in a, in a retention pond, actually in Atlanta. Um, was the the first few fish that I caught. And then uh, then I was stomping around in some Piedmont streams in Maryland, mostly for smallmouth, until I got a car, and we are like, oh, let's go trout fishing. Well, you lived in Atlanta for a while, didn't you? No, my sister lives there. And we, when I was growing up, we, uh, we used to go to a camp in, uh, outside of Toccoa. So I'm pretty familiar with North Georgia, but mostly when I was a kid, uh, but my yeah. sister still lives down there and they're still involved with that camp in North Georgia. Um, so I had the opportunity to get down there. It's on, it's on my list. I, so, I'd probably go for the Toccoa over the, the, the Soaky. Did you oh, fish, yeah. uh, the Savage at all too yeah. in Maryland? Yeah. Yeah. Savage was my jam. I had to drive three hours to get there. Um, but Yes, the Savage River is amazing, and uh, there's some really good brook trout streams right around there. I'm not going to name those names. They're not hard to find, but um, all those little creeks have wild native uh, uh, brook trout in Maryland, which isn't super common. So yeah. do you still... And that's the super special thing about uh, the Appalachians is all those little tiny brook trout. I mean, I'd rather go fish for those than the, the stock streams and search sure. all that we found all over the southeast yeah and and, and that it's kind of different out here like that's the last thing i want to catch out here is a brook trout usually you know um so it's just it yeah it depends on where you are and i gotta i have a thing for natives and if i was back there it'd be cool to catch a native brookie out here to catch a wild invasive rookie is not as cool yeah but yeah. that tastes great they do, they do. <laughs> especially when you're like five miles up a trail and you don't really have any other food, but you got some butter and some pepper and some foil. <laughs> exactly. But quick question for you, Ben, do you rock the Maryland flag sticker on the back of your car? Not currently that I did about four, four cars ago, maybe. Um, I do have the Maryland flag sticker in the shape of a crab. Have you seen that one? Yeah, for sure. I'm just curious what what the deal is with that. I think it's just little state syndrome. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's because it's kind of a unique state flag, and a lot of people have no idea what it is. A lot of people have no idea what Maryland is. Say, oh, Maryland, you know, what state is that in? I've heard that before. Um, so I think it's just for Marylanders to have a little solidarity, or for people to ask them questions like, hey, what's that? Yeah, I just had I had roommates in college that were all about what? that life. So. <laughs> yeah. so you've been pretty busy recently doing a lot of fishing trips. Uh, you just hosted the virtual film tour. Um, what's kind of been 
the highlight from, I guess we'll start with the film tour. How was that? Was it like, seemed like it was a lot of fun and it was, um, it was great. Um, Paul contacted me. Paul's the manager of the, the tour and we have a mutual friend in common and he, he got my phone number from our friend and, and called me and asked me if I wanted to I, actually originally he, he contacted me to see if I wanted to submit a film, but the, uh, excuse me, the timeline wasn't right and it didn't work out. Um, so then he called me a couple months later and asked, asked basically if I want to be the host and you know, it's his office is in Boulder. I'm not that far away. So I was like, I'm in, sign me up. Um, sounds like a lot of fun. And obviously it's really good exposure for me, uh, to have, have all those eyeballs looking at me and listening to me yell about stuff. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, he gave me, so I, I was, we filmed it over two days, all that stuff that we did. Uh, he gave me a lot of creative control, which I thought was cool. I wasn't really asking for it, but he was asking for my input. And uh, if you watch my videos, you know I have a lot of input, even if you're not asking for it. So yeah. um, so it worked out well, I thought. Um, and uh, we brought, or he brought Eland in. So that was the first time I got to meet Eland and hang out with him. Um, super fun guy, obviously. Um, and so it was nice to make those connections and, uh, get my face out there a little bit. Yeah. Elon's an awesome guy. And those guys at the, uh, F3T crew are, are the best. We've had all of them on the podcast so far. Cause we did a little, uh, well, we did a big five rivers push for our community fund through the, uh, film tour. And it was really great working with them and they're just awesome people. And Elon's one of our, one of our favorite five rivers alum. Right. So, um, yeah, it was cool to see your face. I mean, it was pretty funny too, when they made the post about the, uh, community fund. And at the very end, it was just a clip of you. It's like, it's just $5. You can buy a <laughs> articulated midge for the same price. And I, like I would watch the, I watched the whole video a couple of times, just hear that little piece and like showing it to my buddies around my house of like, this is pretty funny. <laughs> well, hopefully it worked and hopefully they, Raised a lot of funds. Yeah. yeah. What have we raised, Andrew? Um, yeah, Ben, just want to say thanks for, for all your help with that. It was, uh, as of yesterday, like $18,000. So. Wow. Nice. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. So what else have you been up to? I've seen you've been going on a lot of trips. You're just doing a little bass trip recently. Yeah. Uh, bass fishing was not good. And, um, so, and then I was gonna, um, that was in Louisiana, and normally when I go into Louisiana, I'll bass fish up north and then head down south for a few days and do some red fishing, but I had to cut it short on this one to get back home to do some work and prep for a trip. I'm leaving on another trip in a few days that's for, like, over a week, and there's a lot of – it's a multi-day raft trip, so there's a lot of uh, logistics that go into something like that, and I've been tying up loose ends – um, trying to work and trying to manage huge fly fishermen. And this week's been kind of a slam. So <laughs> not, not much fishing, but there will be a whole lot in the future. So, so I got, I've been planning for that trip. Um, oh shoot. I'm supposed to buy, buy a plane ticket today. Um, looks like we're, we looks like we're going to be going smallmouth fishing in May, um, in the Appalachian or Appalachian is, as you want me to say, uh, in that re region somewhere. Um, and then I got Alaska in June, 
and probably some stuff planned beyond that, but I can only think so far ahead at a time, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. So uh, lots of stuff going on basically. That's awesome. And that's the dream to go fish place all the time. I mean, with online class, me and my roommates were like, Oh, online class, we're going to go fish all the time. Yeah. And then you realize, Oh, well, this is actually kind of a lot of work. Like <laughs> maybe we can make this happen. But right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, when, but. when I first started this, my, my wife goes like it, it, really early in the conversation, she goes, you know what this means, right? I'm like, what? And she goes, you're going to have to go on a lot more fishing trips. like all right okay all right i can can deal with that that. yeah yeah so i think it's good little transition into talking about kind of the social media age of fly fishing we find ourselves in you started as the careless ethiopian i remember those days uh that's when i kind of found your page and had transitioned into huge fly fishermen but i mean some people, a lot of people hate on the social media age of fly fishing. I've said in previous podcasts that that's how I got into fly fishing was without social media and those digital media assets, I definitely wouldn't be where I am today. But right. um, I think you'd provide some pretty valuable input and perspective on where we're at right now. Yeah, um, I think I'm uh, in a pretty good position to talk about that because I I've seen the whole transition from before social media, um, as a lot of other people have. Um, but, uh, I think the bottom line is that it's not going to go away or change. So you might as well embrace it and, and work with it rather than yeah. fight, fight against it. Cause it's not going to change. Um, there's definitely a lot of good and a lot of bad that comes with it. Um, I think that balance shifts, um, over time and depending on how you treat it. But, um, you know, like you said, it's, it, it provides a lot of connections. And I think for me, that's the biggest help or, or positive thing about it is, is the, is networking and connecting with people. Um, and that it's all just evolved over time. You know, back in the day, it was like email lists and you'd just be on a list and you'd like email and that that turned into message boards and then Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. Um, so you have to, I'm, I'm rambling a little bit. I don't know if I had a point to this, uh, but you need to embrace it and, and work with it. And if you do that, it, it, there's more good that comes out of it than bad. Um, totally. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, I've, I've fully embraced it. I've, I'm headlong into all kinds of social media. And for me, it's been good. Uh, but at the same time, as you're navigating, you have to be, you have to have a pretty good uh, BS filter and, and re- <laughs> realize what is authentic, what is fake, who's trying to help you and who's trying to actively hurt you because there is some of that as well. Um, or, you know, or for someone that's not involved as me, maybe not hurt you, but deceive you. I, th- I think there is a lot of that. So you got to have a good filter and, and you got to keep your wits about you to navigate this social media space these days. Yeah, totally. But it's just a, it's just a, a, a not a necessary evil, but it's a reality of, of the world we're living in now. And it's definitely a lot different than the old days. And you know, yeah. if you don't want to, if you don't want to be a part of it, walk away. 
But if you want to, you know, the train's going without you, so you can get on board or not. Yeah, I don't understand the people that, like, take the time. I love when you post on your story the people that will, like, say something, like, mean on, on YouTube or Instagram. Just, like, why you, like, how much time do you have, really, to, like, that's part of your day. Is like, all right, I'm going to take a minute or whatever to craft this, like, crafty hater message on YouTube it's like who? It's not helping anyone. It's no. They're they're <laughs> they're like just focusing more on their negativity and and making it worse for themselves and trying to bring it on me too. I got an email this morning. It said, <laughs> "Ben, your videos really suck lately. I'm unsubscribing," and that was it. I'm like, uh, I my reply was neat. And it's like, what am I supposed to do with that? Um, a I. I mean, I don't want to say I don't care about my followers, but I certainly don't care about that. You know, like some guy is going to unfollow me because he doesn't like my videos. Cool. Great. All right. I know I'm not going to please everyone. You know, what was he looking for from that? He was looking for me to post it on my Instagram stories. Yeah. And get attention. Yeah. Or for me to engage him in some sort of email battle. So I shouldn't have responded at all. But I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't resist myself, and I just said, "Oh, neat," or, or, or I think it was just neat, and you know, I'll leave it at that. But uh, it just mystifies me how people can focus on all that negative energy. And I get to hating. I'm, a, I, I hate on all kinds of stuff, but yeah, but it's a little different than personally attacking somebody. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't, I don't take it too seriously, too. Like we were talking before this about the sequi, which is where I've guided for the past two years is my college job. And everyone hates on the sequi, but I don't care. It's like, hate on the sequi. That's how I make yeah. my, like, beer money. Yeah, so. I'll, 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 I'll go out there and fish it with you and make fun of it and have a good time fishing fishing it with yeah. you, you know? Yeah, we all like to hate on it, but it's all a joke. And, like, I don't – I hate on Tenkara, but, like, I don't care if you Tenkara fish, man. Like, that doesn't – it's not it's not ruining my day. You know, <laughs> I just like to tease you about it. And yeah, people come at me with all kinds of criticism. They're the same people I'm making fun of the whole time. They're taking everything too seriously. <laughs> you know, and they're yeah. just, so they come at me and they're just digging themselves a deeper hole. And I don't really have to be, I have like a really good comeback. I've got some good comebacks sometimes, but usually there's just such idiotic comments in the first place. I don't need to respond to anything. They make themselves look dumb. Hater's gonna hate Ben. Hater's yeah, gonna hate. And I get that. I, I'm I'm one of them. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but you got to know that a, it's a joke with me, you know. And not every, not everybody knows that because I know not everybody watches all of my videos or has been watching them for years. But I don't know. I think it comes. I think it comes across pretty quickly that I'm a, I'm a sarcastic a hole. So you know, <laughs> it's gotta yeah. take take everything with a grain of salt. Well, yeah, and you have the the positives. I think you're talking about. I guess we'll we'll flip from positive, negative, positive. Of um, in the early days of this like digital social media era, uh, era of like the Drake board. That's how you became friends with uh, Larry and the Taylor Trash crew, right? Yeah, I think them and hordes of other people too. I think the 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 network and a group of people that I am a part of now, I owe everything to the Drake message board. That's where it kind of got started. Um, it has since transitioned from there. It's all dead and we've branched out, but, uh, that is how I got kind of my core 
group of people that I travel and fish with. Yeah. Um, most of the traveling that I do is, is related to that group of people. And it's awesome because, you know, I don't, I don't have to pay for guides anywhere. I'm not, I'm yeah. fishing, I'm fishing with guides. I mean, most of these people are guides, but, um, you know, the only times I've ever paid for a guide in my life were on my honeymoon. And when I went to Cuba, um, I've never hired another guide. Um, and I think it's cool to say that they're just friends and, uh, or people that, that I've met through fishing and it's not all one-sided. I take them fishing plenty. Yeah. So. And you cover, it's like, if I go fishing with any of my buddies, I know me and my roommate have a good friend who he was on the podcast in one of the early episodes, captain Jeff Laddick, he's over in Polly's Island. And the other day we were texting him and he's like, yeah, I just got a new boat. Let's break it in. We're like, all right, we'll pay for your gas and um, cover whatever other things and let's go fishing. Yeah. And, cause, I mean, how it works is everyone's there's sort of a informal a vetting system. You know, these people aren't random. They're a friend of so-and-so yeah. and they went fishing together and he didn't want to murder him. So I probably won't want to murder him either. <laughs> you know, or yeah. you hear like, Oh, he, he brought the best sandwiches. He bought, brought the beer and put gas in the boat. You know, it's, it, it's, there's, it's not random. These people are vetted for, for the most part. Uh, and it's always been that way. There's been a few bad apples that have come and gone, but it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty unusual for that to happen. Yeah. I think that's something special about the, the fly fishing community too is, I mean, it's, it's a good amount of people, but when you really get down to it, it's like, Oh, well, you know, this guy, I know him too. Or you go to the shows or whatnot and you meet these people and you find these connections and, um, it's really cool too. seeing with the five rivers program that we have right now, it's growing so fast that you can basically text in this group me, or we're starting this, um, starting this new program and, or you're going somewhere to fish. And you're like, Hey, is anyone here? Can I get some Intel or does anyone want to fish? And people are always like, yeah, if they have their time, they would love to go fish with you or connect you with someone that would help you out and it's just super cool and super special. Yeah. And I mean, you do have sort of a vetting process where it's a, it's a smaller group of people. It's uh, they have, they've met certain qualifications basically that they're in TU five rivers, but it's different than something like Reddit, you know, where it's like, Hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be in Boulder. Will somebody take me fishing? It's like uh, good luck with that pal. Like, it's, it's too, too random. You don't know who any of these people are. So you guys have this network that's a, on a little bit of a smaller scale and more personal. And I think that's the way to make it work. Cause I've talked about it with Larry all the time. Like, well, we had the Drake, you know, back 10, over 10 years ago. What is it now? It's not Instagram. Cause that's, that's, <laughs> it, that's too random. Also, you can't, it's tough. I find it tough to make those real personal connections through Instagram, but something like you guys have and where you can, your club can talk to the guys in, you know, another college or whatever. Um, and if you're traveling around, you can link up with those people on a, on a more intimate basis. I think that sounds like a good way to go about it. So Ben, you don't like when people hit you up in your DMS take to take them fishing. Uh, I, I will be honest. You don't hit me up in my DMS to take me fishing or to take <laughs> you fishing. Um, in the, it's pretty rare that something, uh, that I will accept that invitation. 
Um, no, because I get, I'm sorry, you know, I can't please everyone. There's only so much of me to go around. <laughs> if, you, if you come at me with a really good offer, then I could be persuaded. I'm not saying it's impossible, but based on sheer volume, um, you know, more and more, I just have to shut people down. So a case um, of beer is your price then? Yeah, something like that. And yeah, good boat snacks. You know, uh, everyone's got a price and it depends on what mood I'm in. You know, who knows? You could send me a message and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, sure. Can't be too Um, easy. It it does. It does help to uh, establish a bit of a rapport uh, instead of just cold calling me, you know, some fried chicken to sweeten the pot. Yeah, exactly. Um, But it's not a lost cause. And I think, you know, other people can do that with each other. And I feel like a, a jerk saying, don't call me to fish, but, um, things, that whole scenario is a little bit different for me these days than it used to be, you know? And it's like, now everyone's like, oh, I've always wanted to fly fish. I want you to take me out. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, <laughs> Oh, like you should be paying me for this first of all, but I don't want to get paid for it. Cause I don't like guiding anymore. Um, and yeah, things have just evolved, man. There were, there were times where I would not necessarily jump at that chance, but I would do that 20 times a year for somebody. And I just, I just don't have the time now. My fishing time uh, needs to be used for other things these days. Do you, do you feel like when you started making the, the videos that fishing started to become almost work? Because when you're going to fish, you have to record a video and you have to post every Monday and it is absolutely, it's, it's 100% work, uh, which is not always the easiest to deal with. Um, on the one hand, if, if I wasn't doing this, I would fish far, far less. Uh, my other responsibilities would take, take priority. Um, but yeah, I have to set aside time, uh, to make it not work, whether that's an hour at the end of the day, typically to put the camera away or occasionally I will go fishing with none of that camera stuff at all. Um, but, uh, I don't do that very often because at this point I'd rather get that content (laughs) and, and I can, I can fish for myself another day right now. I'm fishing for other people and fishing for myself. I'm okay. Not doing it right now. Yeah. And yeah, I just, I don't want something to happen and, and I, and I miss an opportunity to shove my GoPro in someone's face, you know? <laughs> Can't yeah. Set on that. Well, and that might sound, it might sound sad or unfortunate to say, but I'm enjoying it. You know, um, this has been, I've never really been excited about work in my life until I started doing this stuff, you know? Well, that's, and that's good. That's, that's what you want to, you don't want to feel like you're working. No. And I mean, it is technically work and a lot of it's a drag sometimes, but I'm excited to do it because the more that I do, the more this whole thing grows and that's, and it's going fishing with the camera helps this growth. And the growth has been so much fun that I want to just make it happen as fast as I can. Yeah. And something I've really liked that you've done is taken a lot of your videos as an opportunity to teach fly fishing in a way that's not so like serious. And it's like your videos about things you don't need on the water. Like you, you don't need this, that, and the other, or like, it's just so easygoing and welcoming to a person with a little bit of humor. 
of how to get into fly fishing nowadays. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I, I agree with you. And I think that is what sets me apart. I don't think there's a whole lot of people that have the approach that I do. Um, they either want to come off as a total expert and, you know, like this is the way you have to do it. Uh, if you want to catch all the big fish, this is the way that I do it. And this is the way that you have to do it. And just that, that whole attitude is so ridiculous because it's, it's fishing. There are, there are no rules, you know, you know, I can't tell you how many times in 20 years of guiding where somebody was doing everything exactly wrong and they caught a fish, you know? So that's, that's, that's the kind of thing that taught me that whole attitude but also I can come at it with my own perspective and agenda because there's nobody behind me. There's, there's not a giant logo behind me. It's my logo. I'm not pushing someone yeah. else's agenda or methods. It's just me with a camera saying whatever the hell I want. And if you don't yeah, like not it, I'm trying to sell want. a rod or a pack. No, right? I'm not. I'm not, that's why I'm like, yo, you don't need these things. I'm not out there trying to sell you all this stuff. Uh, and I think it's pretty obvious that I'm trying to sell you my shirts, you know, but, <laughs> but that's it, you know, and that's it. I'm just trying to sell my products to keep this whole thing going. And I'm selling myself, you know, to keep people coming back. But uh, what I try to do is I just want to be seen as someone who is fun to fish with, and maybe you can learn a little something. And yeah. that is that is what I portray or try to portray in my videos, and I can do that either by teaching something or by entertaining people, and uh, or a little bit of both, preferably. You yeah. know, so like to, uh, next week's video is going to be uh, um, – a, another, I did a video like this before where I had a couple days of footage where we didn't catch any fish and I've got, I'm smashing together like three days of footage where, uh, there's only one fish caught, but there are absolutely some learning lessons in there. And I totally understand some people not, might not want to watch a fishing video where no fish are caught, but if they're there for the right reasons to learn something or just to listen to me jimmer jabber all day, um, then, then they'll, then they'll have a good time watching the video and they'll come back. You know, and I just try to be honest about that. Like in the beginning of the video, I'm like, uh, you're not going to see a fish caught, but, but, you're gonna, <laughs> like, but, but you will learn something. And that honest approach has worked for me. Yeah. And that, that makes me think too, the first time I ever went fishing, I didn't catch a single fish. Yeah. But which is and, and a lot a of people experience. Yeah. A lot of people experience that, but I, it was a super crappy day and the water was all dirty. And, um, I was going with a guide and he's like, dude, it's going to suck today, but I'm going to try to teach you, uh, as much as I can. And we're going to fish streamers, which is going to be tough for you. Cause you've never fly fished before. But, um, he's like, if you get an eat on this, it's going to be the greatest thing ever. Yeah. And I got one bump yeah. and that was it. And I was like, so, yeah, that was but, enough to keep you going. Yeah. And here I am today and it's, it's crazy, but I think that you learn more from the days that you don't catch fish and you struggle than the days that are just lights out because the fish decide to be stupid that day. Yes. And that is absolutely how fishing goes. You know, some days are just bad. Some days are just good. And, 
that attitude where you can learn from not catching fish is, uh, in my opinion, the right attitude. If you want to be out there and just come home with stringers full of lunkers, you're not you're not out there for the right reasons, in my opinion. Yeah. So talking about your merch a little bit, I think it'd be uh, we couldn't do this podcast without talking about the stickers that yeah. originated from Careless Ethiopian. I might actually have. Um, when you did your episode, when you were visiting Larry talking about him, how he had a, like a sticker back from the careless Ethiopian days laying around somewhere. I think I have one somewhere. Like it might be in like the, in the dashboard of my truck or something Yeah, like the careless Ethiopian tag on it. Right. And I stuck them on all my buddies, uh, like Yetis and stuff without their permission. And, um, but how did that start? Um, what, what's the, the story behind that for people that may not know it? Uh, it was just a joke. Uh, so it's, you know, we've all had a conversation with somebody who was like, oh yeah, my uncle's cousin's brother is a huge fly fisherman. You guys got to fish together. And, you know, we've heard that so many times. So on the, uh, on the Drake, you put your signature at the bottom. Uh, and it, my signature went through various things, but event, or one time it was, I'm a huge fly fisherman just cause I thought it was funny. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I got on the, the sticker making website and I probably had too many beers that night and I was like ordered a couple hundred stickers and that, <laughs> the original ones had, the original ones didn't even say careless Ethiopia. They said nothing on them. They just said, I'm a huge fly fisherman. That's it. And I would think I did it through Instagram. I was like, these are hilarious. If you want some send me your address and I'll send them to you. And, uh, like I didn't charge for them or anything. And then I did went through a couple hundred of those and I had to start charging for them. And people were literally like sending me dollar bills in the mail. And uh, and then then I, I discovered what Venmo was. So we did it through Venmo. Um, but I just thought it was funny. I think it's a hilarious slogan. It can mean a lot of different things. Um, some people out there don't get it at all, uh, which I think is the funniest part about it. Um, and then uh, when we started my brand, which basically was starting my YouTube channel, I was already associated with the huge fly fisherman stickers. And I just thought like the, it was just perfect. Like, what am I going to call myself? What are we going to call this? Like it, it, it wrote itself. It was just was perfect. And then, yeah, uh, that's, that's awesome. And I, yeah. I think it was funny you putting them on people's cars when you're out fishing or, uh, stuff like that. It's guerrilla marketing, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you see a rod vault and a green plate and it's pretty much obvious <laughs> that they're huge. Yeah. Preferably two rod vaults. <laughs> you're yeah. guaranteed to get a sticker if you got two rod vaults. And a hundred stickers. That's awesome. And a hundred fly well, fishing brand stickers. Covering. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, someone exactly. someone gave me a rod vault, and I need to get a get a camper top before I move out there. And Andrew's like, "Dude, just don't, please don't put it on your car. Like, just don't do it." <laughs> I was just like, "Dude, you're gonna be it's known sitting, as the huge fly fisherman. You know, you're just gonna be it's, huge." It's sitting, it's sitting behind me right now in this like this is our tying room that I'm sitting in and it's sitting behind me against the wall and I have nowhere to put it just because someone gave it to me and I don't yeah. have anywhere to put it on my truck. Right, right. Well, you could be the guy that buys the $600 rack for the back of your truck just so you can put your rod vault on there. <laughs> There's yeah, plenty of those totally. guys. 
but I mean, yeah, I love to make rod, fun of rod vaults too, but some dudes love being that guy, being that walking billboard. They want people to come up and talk to them, ask them about flies, all that stuff. You know, I, I don't, I prefer a more incognito approach when I'm out there in the wild, but some people love that stuff. Hey, and if that's what you like, fine, but I'm going to make fun of you while you're doing it. It's just a flex, man. It you show is. up to the boat launch and yeah. you're just flexing when you got three it rod is. vaults on top, you know, like that guy it is, is he, he's then, huge in more than yeah. one way. Yeah. And then I, then there was like dudes like me where I'd roll up in a Subaru, pull my raft out of the back of the Subaru with the cooler, <laughs> you know, pumping it up at the ramp. I'm like, Hey guys, <laughs> but I, whatever. We're, I was yeah. having fun. I'm sure they were having fun, so it's all good. You'd probably be the person yeah. I'd go talk to at the boat launch then, Ben. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, this dude's legit. Let's go see if he has any beer. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Definitely the guy who's coming in the old Subaru with, like, unpacking everything last minute and just, like, yeah. cases of beer in the back for sure. That, that was me for a long time. Yeah. So, I guess going back to talking about the videos and stuff and getting people into fly fishing. I think a big part of that and a big part of uh, the five rivers program is conservation. And I remember back in the day you were making lots of big pushes for like putting up signs and all that stuff for people to stay off of reds and stuff like that. But um, what other conservation issues are you passionate about? What are some things that um, push your buttons when it comes to conservation and then um, how we can conserve this resource? Uh, lately, it would have to be uh, keeping the water in the rivers instead of sending them down tunnels and sending water down tunnels and irrigation uh, ditches. Um, uh, locally here, that is a big issue for us. Our rivers are severely dewatered. Um, and so that, that's the number one thing in, in my mind right now that kind of irks me and that, that occupies space in my brain. And one thing I've been struggling with is what is the best way to combat that? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a very complicated issue with a lot of money behind it. Uh, you know, water around here is controlled by money. And to, to be honest, I don't have an organization or something like that that I feel really solid getting behind or else you would have heard about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, that's why I've, I've dedicated some time to conservation efforts um, elsewhere, and I have not done much locally. And I really would like to, but... I just can't figure out who I want to give my money and support to the, the, the organization that I'm looking for either doesn't exist or I, they haven't found their way to me yet. And I think um, the obvious answer to that is to start my own, but, uh, but I don't know how to go about that and where, I mean, I could raise a lot of money. I know I could, but how do I translate that money into water in the rivers? I know there was, there was a fly shop, I believe it was Cutthroat Anglers in Silverthorne. I may be wrong about that, but they actually purchased uh, like an acre foot of water or something, which is a specific volume of water. They bought it from whoever controlled the water and sent it down the river uh, instead of down an irrigation pipe somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I think that might be a viable solution, but also I think 
we would need to raise millions of dollars for that to be a real solution. Like an acre foot, an acre foot is, is if you take an acre of land and cover it in a foot of water, that's an acre foot. Um, in the grand scheme of things, that ain't very much water. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's better than nothing. I, I applaud their efforts, but we're going to need to buy a lot more water than that. So if somebody has a organization that I have not discovered, um, specifically the upper Colorado river basin, I would love to hear about it. So Ben trial limited does a little bit of that work as well. Um, yep. yeah, so we, yeah, the Western water project, we purchase water rights like that from irrigation from farmers uh, all across the West and put it back in the river. So, all right. Well, uh, get me, so, get me involved with that. Yeah, no, I can definitely details. get you in touch with them, but yeah, great documentary for those who are listening to is killing the Colorado too. Talks a lot about the the water issues specifically related I, to the Colorado river basin. Is that a, is that a couple years old? Yeah, it's a few years old, but yeah, I think, I think I remember that one. Yeah. That that's yeah. a great documentary. From my perspective, too, of not being super involved out west, but in anywhere in the country really is when stuff like this happens and water's taken away or um, watersheds are impaired or like to the point of where it's not super noticeable to the general public, um, it's really hard to win it back. Yeah. Like, Pebble was so huge. And like we've talked about this a lot and all these projects, like, where you can get a, in front of it and stop it from happening is so big because once it happens, it's like, it's, it's done. Like yeah. you look in Montana every year, um, there's a fight for fight for the water and, um, to not be like those States where if you anchor up, you're trespassing and that's that because those laws are really hard to reverse. They are. Yeah. We, we deal with that same thing right here. So um, yeah, well, give me, give me more, give me some more information about what TU is doing as far as purchasing water rights. And we'll see if we can get behind that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to Joseph's point real quick, um, you know, it's just challenging because, you know, think about this too, back to Ben's point about water being owned by money, right? So Denver <laughs> yeah. water is very incentivized <laughs> to provide more water, right? Because that's yeah. more money. So right. they're exactly. not this you know they're not incentivizing cons the end consumer right to use less water or become more efficient with water right, right? so they're financially no. incentivized to provide more so they're going to keep building higher and higher dams as denver continues yep. to get bigger and bigger and they're going to continue to drain water until there's no more water left and then we're going to have that conversation of hey you might want to use turn your tap off you know when you're yeah. brushing your teeth and you're letting the, the faucet run you might not want to do that anymore because that's just burning right. water we're getting pretty close to no water left in the Fraser Valley right now. So yeah, we're, so something needs to be done. Yeah. And you know, people are, again, like there's a proposal, um, I don't know, probably a couple decades old at this point, trying to take water from the green in Wyoming and bring it from Wyoming to the front range in Colorado. It's like, so, oh my God, we're, we're, we're not, so, you know, I'm sure that pr proposal will be uh, a zombie proposal similar to Pebble Mine where it'll get brought back up again because somebody thinks it's a great idea, right? Yeah. Where it's just like, yeah. you know, it's it's much easier for us to build a 700-mile pipeline than sit down and try and educate people about their water use. It's quite... That's uh, ridiculous. Ridiculous, yes. <laughs> Indeed. So, um, 
but yeah, Ben, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think the water uh, education issue is, is something that we really need to work on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I know that I can, I can make a difference. So I would love to be able to help with this. I do have a voice that can be used for things like that. So I'm all about using it. Yeah. And I'll connect you uh, after this, Ben. Cool. Um, but Ben, anything you yeah. want to plug uh, at the end here or Joseph, you got any last questions? Cool. Ben? Um, Andrew, how much battery are you running on? You, we good there? Yeah, we're good. We still got 34%. But, we're killing it. So recently you've been on a lot of fishing trips. We like to talk about some fun fishing stories too on here because that's why a lot of people listen to this stuff because they like fishing. They like to, you like to talk about fish. So what's your favorite fish to target? Um, we'll start with that one. What's because I'm I'm going to disappoint you on the second one. I'm terrible at fishing stories. <laughs> um, uh, but favorite fish to target? I think right now it's probably tarpon, like big ones. Um, mostly because I feel like I have a lot of unfinished business there. Um, there are still some. There's still a couple more I want to get to the boat before I feel satisfied. Um, uh, just, I mean, yeah, they're big giant fish and they, they live in, in Florida where I like to go. Um, so yeah, I think it's right now it's tarpon and I'm not like, I don't have a tarpon trip scheduled this year. I think I need to back off trying to go after them so hard and just let kind of let it happen. I'll, of course, I mean, it's not going to just happen if I'm in Colorado, but yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah long story short, uh, I'd, I'd go with tarpon. And uh, uh, fishing stories, I'm terrible at remembering them. I'm terrible at telling them. And honestly, like, I think most of my good fishing stories lately, uh, you guys have seen in videos. You know, you're seeing everything that's happening. There's not much that ends up on the cutting room floor. Yeah. So, if you want to go see a Ben fishing story, go check out his YouTube page. That's right. Um, I guess we'll we'll uh, we'll transition this into uh, into your your plug of uh, letting people know where where can they find you where can they find the the YouTube and everything. Yep, uh, huge fly fish. The channel's name is Huge Fly Fisherman on the YouTube dot com. It's a video hosting website. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, I also <laughs> have a uh, I put po- well I post a new video every Monday morning at five a.m. Uh, mountain time for over two years now. Uh, sometimes Sunday when I screw up and don't know what day it is. <laughs> uh, but, so weekly videos. Uh, you can also go to hugeflyfisherman.com and you can watch all of the videos there as well as buy, buy uh, hats and shirts and stickers and koozies. Um, and that's really what keeps this channel going and allows me to buy plane tickets to, to keep making videos. Uh, cause nobody wants to see trout every single video. Um, we've got a lot of fun stuff coming up. We've got some new merch things coming out, uh, that are not just clothing. Um, I'm going to be kind of vague about that. Uh, a lot of trips coming up and soon we will be providing some additional content that is not available through YouTube. I'm just going to leave it at that for right now. That's great. A lot of, we know you're you're a big sticker guy. So we'll make sure to hit you up with some stickers. We've got some cool five river stuff out right now. We got a little hologram emerging. 
We got our fish responsibly tournament thing by Slacker. Uh, we'll make sure to get that to you. But thank you so much for coming on. It was a blast having you. And we cannot wait to uh, hopefully talk to you again soon. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks for having me. That was fun. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Awesome.